Welcome everyone to Escaped Reality Podcast with Justine. And Geneva, hi friends. Special interview coming your way with Tiff from the Ultimatum uh, Queer Love on Netflix. We're excited. Hope you guys enjoy the conversation. We did our usual shit, which is ask a bunch of inappropriate questions and get where we got. All right, guys, enjoy the interview. Uh, obviously, follow us in all the places. Let us know you're listening. Tag us on Instagram, Escape Your Alley Podcast. Uh, and we'll be back. We love you. Enjoy the interview. We are joined by a special guest today, Tiff from Ultimatum Queer Love on Netflix. Tiff, how are you doing today? Hello, I'm doing great. How are you ladies doing? Great. Doing good. We're excited to talk to you. Um, yes. We loved the show. We just, we were talking to you before we started recording. We blew through it. Um, we're excited to talk to you about it. How long has it been since you were actually on the show? And then we're going to get into like intro questions. Yeah. Oh God. Um, so we filmed September of 2021 to November of 2021. So it's been about a year and what, nine months, year and 10 months since filming started slash ended. So it's been a while. It's been a long time. It's felt like forever. Yeah. That's wild to have to relive it so long after like you already went through it. You know, that's gotta be a weird experience. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely when the, when everything aired, I mean, uh, for Netflix, most stuff takes anywhere between like a year and a year and f- yeah. maybe like three, four months, right? But we were actually supposed to be released um, February 14th uh, this past year, but they released The Perfect Match instead. They saved us for a pride. So they pushed us back like another five, six months. Um, so uh-huh. it living under a rock like sucked, right? And then when right when you get over something, then it's like ripping open the Band-Aid all again. Oh. <laughs> for the, yeah. For the oh, God. To pour off of the perfect match i don't even recall that show yeah it did hit no number one. one on netflix it's from the same producers okay. as ours love is okay. blind all that it's like okay. previous reality netflix stars that are then going on a dating show oh i remember that right right okay okay yeah, and okay. did two months feel like two years or did it go by super fast like a blink of an eye or it went by kind of slow i think yeah it did, it did go by pretty yeah. slow <laughs> You had, you had a rough experience though. We'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. Okay. Before we get in, we have, I'm, some I'm really, I have to say though, I'm so happy you reached yeah. out to us because you were, I really felt like we would connect with Tiff out of anybody on the show and you yeah. are so happy and go lucky. And I was really rooting for you. So. Oh, I appreciate it. I'm happy. It, yeah. it, it feels like kismet you know, that you reached out. It's to funny us. you were saying that because I was in Marshalls today um, and I was like at the checkout lane and this mother and daughter, like, you know, there's like, you know, seven, eight, nine. So they're the register yeah. next to me. Like this older lady, like literally leaned over to me and whispered, like whispered at me. They're like, I was rooting for you the whole time. And I was just like, and I leaned back and I was like, thanks. Like, really great. Now awesome. I gotta go check out. Yeah. I love yeah. that. All right. A few random questions for you. Um, first, like what's your favorite thing you're watching or favorite reality show? Like do you dabble in television? If so, what do you like to watch? Yeah. So I wasn't a huge reality TV person until COVID happened and I watched Love is Blind 1. Then I was like, okay, I see this. I see this. Like, this is pretty fucking cool. This is pretty genuine. Um, And then honestly, I've dibble-dabbled into, well, Love is Blind, um, a lot of Netflix stuff. Maybe I'm biased. I don't know. Like, too hot to handle. Um, They brainwashed you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then I did a little bit of like 90 Day Fiance. Um, okay. and then a little bit of Married at First Sight. I have not gotten onto the Bachelor 
or anything like that. Like I haven't, yeah. I haven't jumped on that train. I feel like I'm so many seasons behind. I just don't have enough time to like catch up to yeah. all that. Um, but yeah. I'm trying to think of like other uh, like reality shows. Um, I think what is it called? Oh my gosh, I'm having a brain fart. That one where you're in jail, where it's undercover in jail. Oh, uh, 60, 60 days, days in. Yeah, I've never days watched in jail. that. Yeah, I, started, I started watching that for a while last year. <laughs> sort of got My husband that. loves that show. It's like, yeah, that show's wild. Like the psychological aspect of that show is crazy. Cause like you really mm-hmm. do see how people, once they're in there, they like start to become like part of the, the jail crew, you know? They have to, to like, I guess, protect yeah. themselves or be you yeah. know, part, like, I guess, top dog, as they say, and not did to you get ever, over. Did you ever watch Jailbirds? No, the girls I, talking it, in the toilets. Okay. Oh my God, please They're watch that. It's on Netflix. Oh, they start entire relationships through the bowl, they call it. So they're like in a high rise prison where like the toilet goes through all the floors. You need to watch it. And they talk to each other. They're like, yo, I met him on the bowl. And they're like, yeah, you got it. You'd love it. Great. I'm going to add that to my (laughs) playlist. It's crazy. All right. This is an even odder question, which is how many pillows do you sleep with at night? Um, If you include my cat, I think like five. Oh, you're in Geneva's world. Yeah. I can see him. Count him if that's your yeah. bed or your couch. I didn't ask for her to be a pillow, but she always ends up in my bed. And then Aww. I like just, I don't know, I, I roll over and then she gets yeah. mad at me. And I was like, that's just complete that's rejection. Like, why don't are you getting mad at me for being in my space? And then I have to yeah. also have a pillow between my legs because I'm a side sleeper. Okay. Yeah, that's good. All right. Well, you sleep with your dog nice. too? Yeah. Is your dog in your bed? Um, no, actually, because she's okay. she's now 14. Um, actually, this is her oh, right wow. here. You can see her. Hold on. She's oh so, look, look how good she's doing. She looks healthy. Sweet. Yeah, she's good. Back on she's, almost, she's almost 14, so her arth- arthritis can't get her up anymore. Oh, oh. but she's actually 14. She's a loner, you know. She's like has to be like the lead of the pack. So she actually prefers to be like alone, like and ready to get get going if she has to whoop some ass i know exactly yeah i saw you feeding feeding her is it him or her Uh, her, yeah Yeah. i saw you feeding her chicken on the patio of some yesterday with the fork so she's got a nice life oh oh yeah oh yeah yeah i cyber stalk you she's like what do you mean yeah yeah I know I was thinking of like I have a patio right here I was like oh damn I was like <laughs> she's watching you holy shit I need to leave now bye <laughs> I'm kidding, no. she's gone <laughs> down from this I promise this was on Instagram yeah no, no. yeah um, <sighs> yeah yeah we went to like a little uh spot in the Hillcrest Baja Betty's oh, and yeah. we uh, um, yeah, so I just I always get her like a side of chicken whenever we go out. Because Geneva oh, and so I sweet. watched the Housewives, and one of the Housewives the other day uh, was she went oh, on a yeah. walk with her dog, and she let the dog. They were on a hot walk. They pour the water in the bowl, and she then the dog drank the water. You know how dogs get all slobbery. Then she drank the water from the dog's bowl after oh, it. And yeah, thank how do you, you feel about you're that? You're an ultimate dog lover, and we were like, that's disgusting. So. Yeah. 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 Like I'll share a fork with my dog. Right. Or like, I'll get kisses from my dog. Yeah. Um, I've like, you know, like little things like that. Uh, but that's like straight up tongue swapping at that point. Like, (laughs) yeah, it's like drinking. Like, yeah, it, 
Mm-mm. Yeah. Get some good worms in your tummy that way. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and, and I'm sure right. Shiloh, the way I look at it is my dog, she's so bougie. She needs filtered water like all the time. And I feel like if I <laughs> were to go on a hot girl walk and get very sweaty and down water and get slobber all over and everything. And then I offered her the rest of the bowl. She would be like, get the fuck out of here. Bring me like, <laughs> bring where, me where's out. my feet? Where's my purified yeah. water? all right last question before we get into our show questions which is you live in san diego what's your favorite restaurant in san diego somebody's coming for a weekend where they gotta go oh i like you know for me it's not just the taste of the food it's the ambiance as well yes so have you ever been to lumi in downtown is this rooftop sushi bar Ooh, uh, we have not. I don't think I have. I have no life. So no, (laughs) it's called Lumi. It's a downtown. um, It's right in like in gas lamp headquarters. It's a rooftop bar, but I love all the vibes. I like, I like sexy, low lighting, like lounge vibes. And um, they just have all low lighting heat lamps, but then they have like all the neon lights, like underneath of your seat. And just like, they they play like, Yeah. yeah, like sexy edm slash hip-hop-ish kind of music like okay. i don't know sushi's yeah. a eight out of ten seven out nah, i'm probably a seven out of ten okay but the vibes are immaculate okay all right good the vibes are immaculate. okay um what's your how, favorite so- fast food oh yes fast food Ooh, fast food you know what you eat it you know so so i'm actually vegan um Ooh, that makes don't worry, it's not my religion i don't shove it down anyone's throats uh unless if they want uh, impossible burger i was I gonna say um, you didn't talk about it like seven thousand times on the show so you're definitely not one of those vegans so i think that's good no well i probably did to be honest but they totally like, cut it they do there is a scene where i'm in the dating thing and i'm like talking to yoli and i was like like I can't handle stuff. Like I just can't handle if my significant other were to eat a raw juicy steak in front of me, like bleeding out its like ears. I can't handle that. Um, but <laughs> anything else goes. Um, but yeah. So with that being said, have you ever heard of plant power? Yes, I have. I love that, but the things they put in there, I don't know what it is to match with fast food uh yumminess. Right. Um, it comes at a cost of like shitting on the toilet for like three days, but it's totally worth it. Okay. Cleaning three you day, out. Three, it's three that sunflower sacrifice. oil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So to transition to Sounds your nice. experience on the show, how did you decide, like, how did you guys decide to go on the show? Was it a collaborative decision? Did one person, were you approached? Like, how did that happen? Yeah, I was approached by a casting producer. Um, never thought about being on reality TV ever in my life. Um, so they approached me and out of nowhere, they were like, Hey, my name is yada yada. I am, um, a casting producer. Uh, we've covered shows such as married, uh, at first sight and love is blind. We're looking for X, Y, Z criteria. One's ready to get married. One's not so much. We're looking for queer, uh, relationships, um, and you know like just a couple other minor things and then they're like it looks like because I had pictures of my ex at the time you know like I'm guessing this is your person would you be cool to like um would you be interested does this fit the bill something you'd be interested in so believe it or not I actually turned her down at first and I was like yeah no we're just not like really in a good place like I don't like you know 
we haven't talked about marriage in a while, blah, blah, blah. I kind of just shoved it off. But me being an Aquarius and a very curious person, I just actually was like, for the next day and a half, I just was talking to her about like random things. Like, what's it like being a casting producer? Like, you know, like what is a casting producer? Like, cause I, I, you know, I didn't know any of this entertainment world. Like I just moved to Southern California. I don't, I don't even know what a casting producer does, you know, like. Mm-hmm. They and, ruin uh, people's lives. They stroll into Yeah, her. exactly. <laughs> so, right. Um, and it, it's just interesting because I think a lot of people are thirsty to be on television. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I brushed, I think maybe it had something to do with it. I don't know. Maybe it may be good first impressions, right? Because I brushed it off. And I was just talking about everything but TV show uh, for the next day and a half to this <laughs> poor woman. And um, <laughs> so then like, I guess it kind of like, you know, she's like, hey, this person might have a whatever they're looking for, right? A personality, I don't know, can talk without, who knows. Um, but anyway, like a day and a half later, she was like, so what's the reason why you feel like you don't like fit this bill or like why you don't feel like you guys are good for this? I was like, to be honest, we're in such a, tumultuous relationship right now we're actually on a break um we haven't you know talked about marriage or anything about that for like the last like six to seven um months I was like we really suck at communication but I feel like if we would learn to communicate better um then we could go on the show but um I was like but we're just not in a good place right now and then she messages me back and she goes you know what I think that's what we're looking for (laughs) the messier the better AKA yeah. toxicity. Um, and we keep in mind, season one was not out yet. There was no The Ultimatum. There was nothing for us to look at. It was not called The Ultimatum. There wasn't anything. We were called the San Diego Queers Couple Project. So we didn't have anything. That was a name. Yeah, or the, you know, just until they a placeholder. Um, but we didn't have anything else to go off of uh-huh, so yeah. you know we knew it was going to be drama and this and that but I was like oh well they've done love is blind at that point it was only love is blind season one which was like genuine and they've done married at first sight so I'm like I don't yes. think this is going to be like a Jerry Springer like show um and it, you know when in the whole experience was way more emotional um than you know I would say that it portrays on tv I mean obviously they have to have drama um, but when, so that, when we wrapped filming in 2021 of November, December, January, February, March, April came around season one came out on Netflix. It went like busted into the number one spot within like three days. Um, it was on like the top, I think in the top 10 for like almost a month. And, um, we just looked at each other we were like all sitting on the couch and we we're like, what the fuck did we actually sign up for? Like, what is this? This isn't, this isn't us. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, same a lot characters, of people, not characters, same people, same shit, same uh, yeah. plot, same, right. you know, eight weeks, you know, the different things, yep. the trial marriages, the this, the that. It was just with different people. And we looked at each other and we're like, oh God, like if we thought we were like semi-okay, um, mm-mm. Mm-mm, not at all and there was no going back there like we could this die. already done it yeah. this is before yeah. oh this so, was after you had already filmed it no yeah, this is before she, filmed yeah, yeah so after yeah, she so filmed season one came out april of 2022 the show oh that's after it aired out. okay yeah yep. and we filmed back to back for season one they picked yep. up their entire production basically and from just came Austin down and just went to san diego and filmed was it half the were like single people, half the couples, like were you guys all local to San Diego or they brought people in? 
No. So okay. um, in the lesbian uh, world, it's a very small world. And to be all in the same city, um, if there were 10 people in that room, you would have already known each other. And not only that, I probably would have dated a third of them, to be quite honest. So, I mean, yeah. it just wouldn't have worked out. Yeah. yeah. So oh, that makes sense. Huh? They actually started their search in Seattle and they realized okay. really quickly that uh, they need to expand. And so, yeah, we got, uh, you know, Yoli Mala from Seattle. You have Xander and Vanessa from um, Hawaii. And then, yeah, like, oh, you know, uh, Lexi and Ray are from OC and we just kind of are spread out a little bit. Okay. Okay. And we were wondering about the format of the show, like the two trial marriages. Do you feel like it would be different if you flip flop them so like if you did a trial with your partner and then transition like do you feel like the way that it worked kind of set you up to be like you were kind of like grown you know you did your growing in your first marriage and then you popped in like oh I'm ready to make this work like did you feel like that had any impact on how you felt about the flow of the show um that's really good that's a really good question because I actually never thought about that I just uh I guess the way looking back on it now I like the way it was formatted because Because I feel like if we would have went, let's just say we dated, uh, you know, like the 10 days of strict dating, um, and then we would have went to her partners first. I don't think that would have been a significant enough time. Um, yeah. and, and that's a big reason why, you know, Mildred and I chose to sign up for this is because we never really had to deal with third parties. We knew that that would be a possibility. We weren't really banking on that. We were pretty solid with each other, um, but it was the communication. That's the biggest thing. But so we had to be open to the idea of it, right? Um, But I feel like if it would have been flip-flops, it just wouldn't have been enough time for us to like be apart from each other to kind of see contrast with someone else. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's a really good question. I don't, I never thought of that. That would be something I need to, um, I don't know, wrap myself in six pillows or five pillows. And see how you feel. Cause I feel yeah, like Zan- Xander and Yoli, if it was flip-flopped, they were one of the couples I definitely would have thought would have stayed together if it was the end of the show. Oh, like they both seemed emotionally home. trash after and they missed each other, but then they kind of got back in the swing the of things with done. their partner. Yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, maybe that would have changed the trajectory of things. I'm trying to look Are at you? like, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Are you a jealous person? I would just can't, everybody stayed pretty calm. I just don't know how there's not more fighting and name calling and craziness. So actually, uh, am I a jealous person? I wouldn't, if I'm confident in the relationship, I'm not, but if someone gives me reasons to be probably that's not the relationship I should be in, but I can be, if it's provoked, um, believe it or not, it was the cocktail. And I say again, like you, everyone seemed calmer and composed and everything, but it's, that's the storyline, the narrative of like what they're following. Um, and there's, you know, as you know, be, like doing reality TV, there's so much that's shown, but not like actually condensed. And you only see 1% of it um, during the whole dating period. Like we don't have phones. We don't have anything. We're filming 16 hours a day going on dates. You know, we'd be boiled down to two people by the end of 10 days, each going on dates about 20, 20 hours with them. Um, the first or second night of where you see the cocktail parties where all of us first get together during the dating period and we really all talk to each other. That night, it's not on film, but that night, um, I actually got really insecure about Xander and um, Mildred. 
um, Xander was like, I guess got really drunk and was just like straight up hitting on Mildred in front of me, but like would actually like, I was talking to Mildred and Xander like boxed me out, literally went like wow. this and boxed me out to talk to her. And I was like trying to keep my composure because I'm like, man, if you know, I'm cool as shit with Xander now. We've all talked about it. It's fine. Um, but I'm like, if I was out, like not behind cameras right now and not this, not that. And someone just did that. Like there's obviously going to be a lot of confrontation and like, I swear I was signed a contract and I was like, you know what? I'm going to be like mother Teresa when I come in there. What do you think I know? And like that busted out like after a day. So there's yeah. a lot that you don't see, but um, yeah, like I was insecure. I was pretty insecure about that, you know? And um, you know, to give you some context too, um, you know, I could go into deep, I can go into detail, but I'm sure there's a lot more questions, but Mildred was actually very insecure about Yoli during the show. And um, wow. Yoli was my, my top two. So like, it's, it's just interesting how they have to fit a certain story narrative, you know? So yeah, it didn't fit yeah. the story how- narrative. So they, so didn't. it just kind of didn't, it fell off. So like she was, you guys were close. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you only never close. Um, you know, there was a physical attraction there, but, um, but you know, and, and I was on a date with Yoli like the very last night and she was just like, Hey, um, I was like, who else are you dating right now? Cause it was like one day before we had to choose our trial partners and um, she was like, you know, I'm dating you and then my other person, Xander. Um, but Xander's more of the safe choice between you two. And so it's interesting, right? How, and it goes back to what Mal was saying in like one of the interviews, like she just wants to love in like somebody, anybody, you know, because if I was more so like her um, not safe choice, but then like you just fall back on someone and then you also fall in love with that person. They had more of a dynamic for success. They both yeah. wanted to get married. So that made more sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, the the jealousy continued even after the show, like Yoli and I had nothing but sonic, like, you know, relationship. So yeah, just yeah. interesting. Yeah, definitely. Did you feel like, were you happy with the partner you chose? Would you pick a different trial partner if you were going to go back and do it again? Yeah, I'm very happy with the person I chose because it was just Sam, because I wasn't romantically into anyone on the show. I just wasn't, you know, they, okay. they, they legit have psychologists that match our personalities on this thing. It's not 10 random people they put in. They cohesively orchestrated these pairs to where you're supposed to have multiple matches in the show. But at the end of the day, paper can check off all the boxes, but your actual soul connection there. Yeah. So I didn't have that with anyone. Um, and it, the way I looked at it is, hey, you know, I guess between Yoli and Sam, um, if I don't find a romantic connection with any of them, you know, I want to use this time so I can I can learn about myself and like also help this other person grow, like maybe become better for the people that, you know, we go back to. Um, and I found that with Sam, like Sam had such a gentle energy and just like, you know, that definitely that safe space that I could go to and just, you know, cause I was walking on eggshells like for two, three years in a very like back and forth relationship. And I just needed someone who had that energy and um, believe it or not, <laughs> again, this is all what you see, but you don't realize it is that um, Sam actually picked Xander at the choice. But if oh. you, cause it's not all like a 100% mutual match, 
You can uh -huh. pick somebody, but if they don't pick you, then they go back around the table and the way then it's all plastered together is eventually it's a oh, process. Oh, so it looks like it's a perfect like one-to-one. -one. I was thinking that. I don't care that. if like, it takes nobody... five hours. Show me yeah, it I want to see. Yeah, I want to see the negotiation. <laughs> that filming day of the choice, that was a six-hour filming session. Jeez. I'd be like, yeah. I don't care who I pick. Just give me somebody. I want to go home. I'm out of here. I know. I want to go home at this point. Yeah, yeah. And um. Uh. So wow. that's why I felt bad. You see me like crying at the at the choice and stuff because I just didn't have an emotional connection with anyone. And I even talked yeah. to production about it. I'm like, I feel like I'm doing something wrong because like, it seems like the way you guys are all hyping this up and briefing us every morning is that we're supposed to have these connections with people. And again, you don't know what's going on. I'm in this 10 day dating period, sequestered into a hotel, um, no phones, no this, no that, no access to the outside world. And I don't know, we have literally bodyguards blocking us from talking to our exes, talking to anyone. So everything is on, they want everything on camera. Yeah. So, um, I don't know if my ex is falling in love with somebody else. I don't know who's falling in wow. love with people. Like you don't know these things. So when you sit down at the table and at the choice, that's the first time you're actually like looking dead straight at your ex, aside from the cocktail. Uh, little parties that you see yeah but aside from that i'm looking dead straight at my ex and i i don't know what the fuck is happening like i don't know if she is actually i mean i didn't bank on it you know i think we had this thing that like it kind of wouldn't happen but you never know how Man, involved are they... producers like are they did they talk to you like do they try to influence who you're choosing are they there as a sounding board like what's their role in the show yeah. So actually like from what the producers and you no, know, I mean, keep in mind, this production was a team of over 300 people. It is a huge production. It's like, yeah, I mean, I didn't know any different. Right. I asked production. I'm like, is this big? Like, dude, this is, this is love is blind, like big, like this is like a Hollywood like production. Um, and you know, from my understanding, from what they say is like, even the producers would tell me like not the head executive VPs and everything, but like kind of like the field producers, they would, they would talk to me and be like, this is really weird that we are supposed to guide you. But at the end of the day, like take a step back and not talk as much and not be in your face as much because you are the one essentially, I mean, you have to be on topic. You can't, as you're going throughout the eight weeks and decision days getting closer and choice days getting closer, you can't be talking about like, Quinkies and what your favorite beer is, you know, like you can't just like, right. you know, just let that guide the conversation. You actually have to be somewhat on topic. So it's within reason. Um, yeah. But as far as manipulation, I would say soft. Um, they can kind of prop up certain situations. They can, they won't tell you what to do. They'll never tell you what to do. But if they know that you're feeling insecure about someone, let's just say, um, then they will set up an all group scene naturally and maybe let you and that other person come out mm -hmm. first and hold off any of the cast members entering the room for 20 minutes. Like things like that, you know, just little soft manipulation shit. Um, they'll do that. So it's really hard to kind of like pinpoint it and like you might situations. not even, right. You might don't even realize when you're in it that what's happening. And mm -mm. Geneva, did you, me and Geneva haven't really had a chance to dissect the show, but mm -hmm. did you feel like Vanessa was the villain? Did she come off like the villain in person as I feel like they tried to portray her? Yeah. Um, so I can only, I mean, I didn't spend that much time with her on the show. Um, the only times you saw me with her was on that one date that you saw in the very beginning. It was 15 yep. minute date we went on. That is it. 
we talked about bunions i mean like that's what we talked about you know flat no emotional bunions. connection talking about bunions what the fuck yeah exactly um Sexy. and then the all cast events that you saw okay. you know like three okay. or four of those and as far as the show that was it i wasn't in that Korea love triangle squared thing going uh-huh. on yeah i was wife partner swapped with aussie and sam and mildred like we were just kind of off in this ether yeah. um so you know i think just as human nature it is pretty common to for humans to be a little bit gullible when it comes to if seven of them are coming during this experience you know and being like hey Vanessa is this Vanessa's that Vanessa's doing this this that so you I kind of to be honest you know it's my flaw but I kind of believed it during the show but there wasn't a lot of like instances I didn't take anything personally like you know Vanessa didn't have sex with Mildred. I could care less. You know, like there's nothing going on that affects me about Vanessa. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah. So I was sort of indifferent. Um, yeah. So I will say I felt a little type of way, you know, just because through what everyone else was saying, I believed it. But there was a little, you didn't see it on TV, but there was a little moment where I feel like I jumped in when everyone else did. And I kind of felt bad about it. You know, I'm like, damn, like, I don't even know this girl. Yeah. And um, it wasn't a huge deal, but I did feel bad about it. So after the show, um, I actually reached out to her because at the end of the day, like we, there's no playbook to how to navigate reality TV dating show. I think everyone did the best that they could, um, whether it was genuine or not, whatever, but did the best they could. And it's only a matter of months before this is all aired to millions of people. It's a lot on the mental psyche, you know? And so I reached out to her and I already knew she was going to be the fucking villain. I already knew it. So like, I reached out to her and I was just like, Hey, like, I'm just letting you know that day where I kind of jumped in you. Like, I'm really sorry about that. Like it wasn't my intention. She reached out back to me and she was like, Hey, thank you so much. Like no one's reached out to me. Um, this means a lot to me. So from then on, we actually developed a relationship and a friendship and, um, and, you know, I can't, I don't know exactly what, I was not a fly on the wall of everything that happened on that because there was a lot of scenes where I was not on camera for, or, you know, on site for any of that stuff. But what I will say is that from what I've known of her personally post-show, um, she's been nothing but a good, kind, friend, loyal, genuine, and such a bubbly, like just nice person. And I find it funny The only thing I find is really interesting is that I think, you know, uh, someone on the cast was saying like, oh, you know, Vanessa's just here to get famous and yada, yada. This girl had a, um, a travel vlog thing with her and Xander that she organically developed and had like 40,000 followers maybe. Um, Uh but you know, after the show, she deleted that just like that, all of her following deleted it and just went out to like um the UK or to Europe and just found herself in Europe and like started her life all over again and you know and um the same person that said that she was just doing shit for clout and everything you know wakes up one day and has I don't know like seven eight hundred thousand followers right right yeah Yeah. Uh it still doesn't quite add up that's just my opinion she did seem genuinely sad at the end so I I feel honest it might not have yeah. been everyone's cup of tea, but she was honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, was it like not sweet revenge, but was it nice to see somebody else 
dealing with Mildred and running into issues <laughs> yeah. that right, right, into. right. Like, how did that feel watching it? Like, because you probably didn't know during the time, but were you like, oh fuck, it's not just me? Like, how did that feel watching that back? It's really and so this is gonna fucking blow your mind. Um post-show obviously uh, like when we were broken up and you know like and then I watch it back and then I see the viewers point of view coming in and all the feedback coming in I'm not gonna lie my ego fucking loved it like I'm like all right great this is very validating guys thank you so much because at the end of the day I you know and I think our storyline is great right because we have a toxic relationship. And in my head, 90% of the time, toxic relationships, there's usually one that tends to dominate for power and control. Uh-huh. Um, it just to the outside world that only sees 1% of it, it just looks toxic. So when you break us apart and put us with two different people and me, I'm over here, you know, obviously having one fight initially, because it's like, you're a byproduct of who you are with someone for two years and you don't know how to yeah. settle down and yada, yada. And then boom. But aside from that, we had smooth sailing, like, mm-hmm. you know, holding yep. hands and dancing and like, la 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 on the rainbow. Um, but then you have contrast of, you know, someone like that. There, there is a common denominator. And I think that was Mildred um, <laughs> of why she makes people go off the fucking rails. Yeah. Um and so yeah it was really Leave nice to watch yeah, yeah I, I was like That's so impressed with your ability scenario. yeah like your ability to not there was a conversation between the two of you where she was like saying that she could never shut up because she's latina or something and was like i can never be quiet because i'm latina and like that's just it and you were just like that is not the like just how calm you were so how did you get there with somebody who's such an ineffective communicator like how were you able to slow down and just like stay calm and not be like you're being ridiculous like was that yeah, a learned trait? Like, um, what does that look like? To be honest, it was my time with Sam. Although I didn't have a relationship mm-hmm. with Sam, um, she made me become so self-aware of, I've always seen myself as a self-aware person, but not so much in relationships. And I never had boundaries in relationships. I didn't even know what the fuck those were. Um, so like actually taking a step back, having breathing room for Mildred, having a sweet person come in and be like, Hey, I think this is what's going on between you two. Um, in my head, I'm always so humbled to be like, what can I do better? What can I do better? And I'm like, so what if I become this person that is more calm and defense, you know, like not as defensive because I was trained to be defensive by someone like this. Um, let me see if I choose to be calm, if she still acts like this, right? And because that, and she did, and that's how I was yeah. in the beginning of the relationship. I was very calm, and this and that, and that, and she would actually act for me like that. And then they gave me a reason to be more like hard and thick skinned. And mm-hmm. um, to go back to you know how you said was it sweet revenge to see you know before or as the show was airing. Um, sorry, as, as the show was filming and we were in production, I heard very little bits of from Mildred of what was going on with Aussie, but we did end up texting each other a little bit. And um, this is the fucking crazy thing that is just like, what the fuck is that? She thought that, and again, I only see things from my side of view, but you know, regardless of the toxicity, that's my girlfriend at the time, or what I guess, you know sort of girlfriend at the time. And I know this person for two years, I'm going to defend that person. I'm going to give that benefit person the benefit of the doubt. But she thought um, with full conviction that 
Aussie was discriminating her and being emotionally abusive towards her during filming to the point where we had to get production involved to get HR involved and mm. to actually she was like I'm forming a, a complaint of this that that looking back on it now Aussie wouldn't hurt a fly Aussie would just run before Aussie would emotionally abuse someone they would just run but yes. and I'm not saying that Mildred didn't feel that way I'm sure that she did and I'm sure that's what how she felt but there is that what I didn't see at the time, the birthplace of that victim complex of where if you feel a certain way, you can turn it around mm -hmm. and then make it look like someone's being like abusive. So again, that was validating too, because post-show, I had to go to, um, you know, when I broke up with Mildred, I had to go to so much freaking therapy to get over narcissistic abuse. Um, and so did Aussie. Aussie was so gaslit and so mindfucked during that experience. Um, they had to go to like three months of therapy post-show to actually handle what the hell just happened with how Mildred flipped the script, gaslit yes. them, and just went like that. But at the time, I didn't know Aussie. So I'm like, you must be doing this like to Mildred. That's why you see me at the um the changeover where we go back to original partners. You see yeah. me pouncing a little bit. You see this one sentence where I'm kind of pouncing on Aussie and I'm kind of like, well, why do you just walk out when times are hard? Like, you mm -hmm. know, why do you you know, um, is that what you're going to do to Sam? Like, you know, like I was thick skinned and like a soldier right. for Mildred at that point, because what I was mm -hmm. hearing was that, um, and we sat down with production and apparently Aussie was emotionally abusive, but now that I know everything and see everything in hindsight, um, that couldn't be further from the truth. Like it, it's yeah. That's a shame. Cause Aussie, Aussie already seemed, nice. seemed like they were bringing a lot of baggage, you know, like Aussie's working through shit regardless of Mildred. So it's like, that is not a helpful, like how you got almost resolution and like support from your partner. It's like that, that was the opposite, which was really rough. Yeah. yeah. But at the end of the day, I actually talked to Lucy and I'm like, look, yes, yes. Also you're dealing with their own problems. We're all dealing with their own problems. We're no different yeah. when it comes to relationships. Um, Aussie wasn't romantically invested into Mildred. Um, and Aussie has never been through something like that. Mm -hmm. So when you mix those two together, um, Aussie did something that I did not and that Aussie expressed boundaries when I never yep. did. That's the yeah. way I saw it. And some people picked up on the show. Other people saw Aussie as being a wuss, which I saw it during filming. But now looking back on it, I'm like, yeah. yes, you do run a lot. But at the end of the day, you being treated and gaslit like that during your experience, which during the trial marriage, it didn't make sense. Because again, these big shows, the reason why they're so successful is they consolidated into yeah. this 1%. And it's such a small world that people just debate and, and talk yeah. about so many different things over one little scene that doesn't right. represent the entirety of the relationship. So it's, it was hard for them, the production to like piece together right. what was really going on. And they couldn't because it had to do with emotional abuse and discrimination. So yep. alleged. So yep. you see a little bathroom scene where like out of nowhere, they're acting weird. And then like, you know, so that's all yeah. you get to see. Um, yeah. but Aussie was expressing boundaries and, um, Aussie did what was best for them. And you don't see me execute that until the reunion where I expressed boundaries yeah. and I just fucking left. I mean, there's literally no choice that anyone can do with that girl other than just, that's the way I look at it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, yeah. Did, was Netflix behind having Aussie leave you think since all that was happening or was it all on her decision? Do you think they thought, Hey, maybe you should leave since all oh, this is happening during the trial marriage? From my understanding, it was Aussie that was like. 
I don't know what, you know, because we all have a contract, you know, I can't talk too much about it, but like a contract where we have to stay. And if we want to okay. leave, if we want to leave um, cash dinero yeah. that we clearly yeah. don't have. So yeah. um, we yeah. really didn't have a choice, but the way that Aussie looked at it was, I don't know what I'm going to do, where I'm going to go, where I'm going to sleep. But all I know is that I cannot be, be with this girl anymore um because it's like affecting my my mental health at this point yeah it was like and i have yeah did they let you leave the reunion without any fight or were they in the back saying go get back out there yeah um it oh it's really interesting so i you know i left that that whole reunion um the berating happened for 20 minutes straight you only saw five minutes mm. of it it was 20 minutes smackdown um and then when I was out crying, you know, like outside with Sam, that lasted another 30 minutes or so. I went back in the building after that. Um, I did get a lot of producers come up to me one by one. I was still crying and yada, yada. Um, and they were like, I think it might be a good idea. It's your choice. But I think you going back out there will give you a voice, um, you know, like to that, um, you know, where you can speak your side of the truth. Mm -hmm. Um and it, yeah, they definitely gave me a choice, but the way I looked at it was one, I am already going on stage with what I assume is my, like what I, I say is my abuser number one. So I already gave that a shot. It's not working. And two, I've been dealing with this for three years. This is a snapshot of my relationship for three years. This is another day in the office. It just hits different when it's being filmed in a room of 80 to 100 people. In just a matter of months, it's going to be uh, hitting millions of people. So that's why you see me having a shocked effect because I'm like, right. as the stimulus was coming in, I'm like, yeah. holy fuck, like this, this is going to be shown to millions of people. Yeah. Like I'm in like absolute shock. Um, but, you know, that's a yeah, crazy thing. Yeah. It really is. How many people but, watch this? Yeah. Yeah. And um, and I was given a choice, but I said to them, I said, you know what? I've been dealing with this for three years. I said, I'm gaining my power back. My voice is to not be there uh, because this isn't my battle to fight anymore. Like that's my voice. Mm -hmm. um, yep. You know, kind yep. of like when you say, like, when you don't say something, you're saying something. Yep. Yeah. No, or, it was more powerful know? for you to like, I thought it made more of a statement that you weren't it wasn't love and hip hop. You weren't like going back and forth with her, right. calling her a bitch and telling her, like, I think it, it came across stronger that you were just like, this is absolutely gaslighting. And I'm fucking out of here because again, you can't like, if you get in the dumpster with somebody like that, it, you're also in the dumpster, right? It's like, how do you, and, and more real. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, you know, I, I broke up with her in like September, 2022 or whatever. Um, clearly she had, I, you know, we went no contact for four or five months before the reunion. You would assume that we would be more peaceful and I had nothing mm -hmm. but peaceful things, you know, like going at her. I just wanted to get the fucking reunion over with. But because I think of the whole DV case, um, she saw that as like, holy fuck, I'm going to look horrible. So mm -hmm. before Tiff says it, before anyone says it, which I wasn't even planning to bring it up, um, she's going to shoot herself in the own foot and I'm going to like do this, 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 and make Tiff, you know, paint out to be this horrible person. Um, and I think it was just more, she she was planning that shit for like, I think for four, good four months. Like she already knew what she was doing. And it's just a shame. I I just wanted it to be over with, frankly. Yeah. You know? Have you guys yeah. talked yeah. since the reunion? No. No, we were like invited to a Netflix party for like pre-pride or something. So we were in the same room. But mm -hmm. you know, I I just don't my my theory is that 
if the way, okay, so the way I look at it is, let's just say that everything, all the accusations in, at the reunion were true. Everything she said. Um, you're, if that, if my fiance or whatever was Sam, I don't think she would have expressed it like that, right? And yeah. number two, um, it's a real, real smear campaign when you, when someone uses a platform such as the reunion episode to shout out to the world of millions of people, information that no one knows at the end of the day, whether it's true or not mm -hmm. true. The only mm -hmm. people that know that actually what happened is going to be Mildred and I. And if someone can use that as a weapon to shift people's thinking over information that no one knows at the end of the day is true or not true. Mm -hmm. um, that is pure manipulation, gaslighting, and mm -hmm. using that as a weapon to quite frankly, save her ass. And, um, you know, it doesn't take a person with a lot of brains to figure that out. Um, and I feel like anyone sitting down on their couch has ever been through a similar situation um, with an ex-partner. Uh, they immediately related to me just like that. Oh yeah. And I think honestly that, yeah, she pulled a Latina card. And I also think that she pulled the mom card because again, in these reality <laughs> yeah. TV shows, yeah. in these reality TV shows, you only see a snapshot. And um, I came onto that reunion, listening to my gut and saying, Hey, number one, I'm not going to lie. And number two, I'm going to take accountability where it's needed. Um, but number three, like I'm a huge believer in karma and my gut and my instinct was screaming during that reunion. Do not throw her dirty laundry out there. Yeah. And do not go down to her fucking level. And that's why you saw as soon as I started yelling about the sex board games and all that crazy shit, I was like, what the? Like I started losing it. That's when I left. Yeah. That's when yeah. I left. Yeah. yeah. I was proud of you. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's good to have control like that because like, that's what you, you know, people like that are trying to get a reaction out of you. And like, you didn't give that to her in the way she wanted. And you I could, could see what was like, happening. Yeah, yeah, I think everybody saw. So we got to go back then. How did we actually get to a proposal? Like, how did you, what happened? What yeah, um, it's interesting. If I was never on a TV show, I don't think I would have proposed. The reason okay. why I say that is that everyone comes in to that show with uh, different reasons as to why they are not getting um, engaged yet. Our particular situation was just communication. Um, so when you add that, communication was the main reason. When you add that into a production bubble, in mm -hmm. full-time production, um, where, for instance, on any given day, we could wake up, Mildred and I could film a day in the life in the apartments uh, for two, three hours. Before that, we're talking, briefing our producers about what happened the day before, how it made us feel, how this, it's like talk therapy. Then we talk mm -hmm. about a situation in that filming session. Then afterwards, we do what's called on-the-fly interviews, where it's kind of like we're on set. We're not in the confessionals, but we're like actually yeah. in this apartment saying things. And then... Um, Later on that day, we, you know, then do a set where we go out with half the cast members out to dinner. We're talking about in the group about what happened earlier that day in there. Oh my gosh. And then later we're, you know, then talking about a producer or field producer one-on-one. -on -one. And then later on, we have a filming session for two hours in the interview room where we <sighs> go over all of that. And then, then after the cameras are down, Mildred and I go back to our apartments and we're talking about our actual relationship at that point. So when I say there's this level of self-awareness that comes through these processes um, in an eight-week period, and you also have 
camera's constantly on you. Do you forget the cameras are there? Sometimes, not always. Um, most of the times, no, there's a certain level of self-awareness, but also where you want to be yourself. And I'm, I, I'm, I don't cookie cutter shit. Like I just like to say how it is. Um, and when you have a producer that's holding your hand and, you know, multiple producers holding your hand and saying, Hey, you know what? Yesterday, you guys were kind of rocky when it came to, uh, what you agreed on finances today. Let's talk a little bit about that. And just like, what are you going to do moving forward? What, wow. How are you going to find a solution? Talk about your solution today mm-hmm. and how that's going to look like moving forward and whether that's going to make or break you, like things like that. So with that being said, when it's all about communication is the why, the reason why we don't want to get married. I actually truly with full conviction believed that Mildred and I had our communication efforts down for the most part. Yeah, you see little highlighted moments and scenes where it looks like we didn't. But outside of that, 95% of our conversations were great. And we were communicating uh-huh. great. You know, like imagine yeah. you and your partner for four weeks. Or just um, forced to talk not, about every single thing in depth. Yeah, yeah. And one yeah. Of, 1% of those conversations, you're going to be like, well, wh- what is this? What is this? And that 1% moment was the Latina scene. Was this scene? Was that scene? But other than that, I mean, Mildred was just going back to our baseline personality at that point. Um, but like, other than that, we were pretty good. So I believed we were good. So yes, I proposed seven days after we proposed and we came back within seven days, it went back right to the same exact thing. She took her ring off seven days later when we got into a fight. And, um, that's why I was like, I was like, I'm not going to get engaged to you and have you break up with me. Like you always do this entire time. I didn't realize that that in itself was abusive, just breaking right. up someone, discarding oh, yeah. someone, breaking up with someone, discarding someone. Like I, I, I that was just normal to me. Um, so it went back to seven days and here, and we went right back into the same cycle, but now we're just engaged. Like it, it was, oh it was goodness. nuts. Oh God. Do you think my... if you never went on this show, you guys would have just, would you still be in the relationship or you think it would have ended or that is a really, really interesting question. And I, um, I don't, I mean, of course we don't know really, but I guarantee you the relationship probably would have went on a significant amount of time. Um, it was through my experiences, just the, the timeline of different things, um, where I actually chose to end a relationship. Um, I ended or I mentally ended the relationship about two to three months before I actually broke up with her. Mm-hmm. Um, Honestly, it all started one day when she called me a narcissist. I've never been called that before. I didn't even know what it was. I've heard Donald Trump was a narcissist and that's about it. So I was just kind of like, (laughs) what is that? And I looked it up and um, I didn't have narcissism education, like borderline personality disorder. Like I didn't know about any of those things or what makes an emotionally abusive relationship. Do we all have traits of that? Absolutely. So I learned later. But I'm like, that's interesting. So in me Googling, am I one? You found actually, <laughs> to be honest, I laugh about oh, it Oh, Trump pops up. You're like, oh, hell no. I laugh about it now. But what I'm telling you, when I actually read those things and I yeah, read about really, what reactive hurtful. abuse was and yep. why I felt triggered to yell because I we would get in fights and eventually got to a point where I'm like, what the fuck? You know, and I would like yell yes. back because I'll get triggered so much. And then she would flip that shit and just be like, look at you. Like you yell too. You're a coward. You, you say, I, I, like, she's called me like, you know, in my experience, right. In my experience, she's called me thousands of names. I may have called her six names ever. took two years to call her a name back. Yeah. And 
she'll never forget those six names, like right. six names ever, you know? Yeah. And um, yeah. so I'm like, what? So it's, I laugh at it now because I'm just so healed and I'm so like thriving right, in my right. life. But yeah. Um, yeah. I'm telling you, when I first found out what it was, it was like, I just started bawling, crying my eyes out, like out of, I don't know, like relief or knowing that I wasn't crazy because I was always looked yeah. out to be like this right. crazy one relationship. Yeah. It's kind of like having, um, uh, all these symptoms of your body and you don't know why you're feeling unwell. And then all of a sudden you finally get like a diagnosis or like, yeah. Hey, you know what you have Parkinson's or you have right, right. thyroidism. And although that's scary and you're just like, you know, but there's a sense of relief. That's kind of like, it has a name. Yep. Mm-hmm. And let's work to find a solution to how we can like fight this thing, get rid of this thing, something. Yeah. And that's exactly what it was with Mildred. I was like, so I talked to my therapist and I was like, I need an exit plan ASAP. Yeah. And yeah. it took two months to get out. You had to call the police on her at one moment, right? And has anyone else had to call the police on her in her life or has it ever happened in your relationship before that? Yeah. Um, I mean, as far as I know, I don't, I mean, I, I don't think anyone's called the police on those before. Um, I, I wouldn't know though, but um, no, I mean, I've never had the police called on me and I've never called the police on anyone else ever in any of my other relationships. Um, and it's really interesting dynamic. Um, you know, most people are, you know, sympathetic towards everything um, that's happened, but because I'm a more masculine presenting person and that person is uh, Mildred's more feminine there's this weird, interesting, like dichotomy that like, I never really even processed or even thought about until post-show until I get everyone's reactions. And, um, and that includes Mildred even being on the reunion to begin with, or like if Mildred was more masculine, was male, and I was a feminine woman, would that, would Mildred haven't even been able to be on the show, be on the reunion. And on top of that, Right, right. That DV case had been kind of like more because the way I look at it, a lot of people that don't understand queer relationships, um, they might see it as me just being a masculine person and her being feminine. So I did get a lot of messages that were just like, um, was it really that bad to where you had to call? Uh-huh. And it's just crazy because I would have never gotten that message if, if Mildred was the one that got hit. I don't think Mildred would have ever gotten that message. Um, so it's just interesting, but at that point, you now have a lethal weapon, a 30 pound dog gate being thrown at you at the top of a staircase that's 15 stairs below. My mom has multiple sclerosis. Her balance is really off. If that would have been hit other at the top of the stairs, she would have fallen down and busted her head open on the wood, uh, wooden floor. So yes, it's that serious because had I lost balance, it it would have, um, you know, crack your head and who anything can happen. Yep. And, um, you know, this is a little insider that I didn't really like put out there. I I released a YouTube video. That's like my side of the story. And I talk like 30 minutes about my, everything that happened, um, post-show of like what I would have actually said. Um, but long story to go back into the whole Yoli Mildred thing, um, on the police report itself, it says that in Mildred's own testimony was saying that, um, you know, hey, we were on uh, recently on a reality show and we were arguing about someone who may or may not currently still be in our lives right now. And she was referring to Yoli. Um, mm. She actually threw the dog gate on me because she thought I was cheating on her with Yoli. 
which is the most mind-blowing thing because it doesn't match the storyline at all on the show. Right. Um, and the own police report says that. And it's just, and that's where like the whole thing at the reunion, when like Yoli jumped on me at the reunion, Yoli and I were fine. And we talked like weekly for like a year after the show. She actually didn't talk to Mildred really much at all. Um, Mildred felt very insecure about her. But about three, four days before the reunion, I got a, a you know, I, I told Yoli, I'm like, you know, their re- Netflix is requesting the police report. I'm just letting you know, this is what the police report says. But she knew that it was about her because I called her about it, like the day it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, her whole her demeanor just changed. So the only thing I can think of is that she may have talked to Mildred maybe three, four days before the reunion. Because her vibe at the reunion was like, she was she was going to, to Mildred to see if she was okay and like checking in with her. Yeah. Like earlier that week, Yoli and I were on the phone for eight hours, just chit-chatting about life and mm-hmm. we were fine. So like the flip something was happened. very, something happened. The only, I mean, clearly her and Mildred talks and yeah. uh, Mildred has this nice way of really manipulating situations. And, um, you know, it, it's just interesting. You only and I go a year and a half of being friends talking yeah. at least once a week for, you know, and her not speaking one word with Mildred. And then also three days before the reunion, her and I have a phone call real quick. And I'm like, Hey, Yoli, this is what's on the police report. And then she, her whole entire voice sounded so fucking different i'm like something's something's off something's weird boom you know have you guys talked since then no absolutely not absolutely not yeah i mean Um, she showed you like people show you who they are and like yeah and she was on a um she she did a interview two weeks before the show aired we all did an interview with tadam which is like netflix's press and um she says in that article uh that she was like siding with mildred because she said that tip was um instigating the entire conversation and i'm just looking at it and i'm kind of like i didn't even say that's messed up word i was like i like where what were we at the same reunion like i didn't even say a word <laughs> like what are you no. talking about but you know, like, going gate down at you Ugh, yeah and if crazy. you saw in the reunion real quick in the reunion when mildred missed that she throws a dog gate on me this is this is where it gets weird and i think it, it pieces together a lot of context of what i just said to you at the reunion you see um Mildred admitting that she was throwing a dog gate on me and then you'll hear me say um oh so you admit that uh because the police report didn't and as soon as I said that talking about the police report Uh Yoli shuts me up and she's like Uh let her finish talking didn't she just say that Uh so like I think that Yoli did not want me to and I wasn't planning to but again right it's like what does Yoli have to do with it right she actually did have something to do with it I wasn't planning to bring it up but they were both trying to shut me out to make sure that I wasn't and honestly I wasn't even planning to bring any of that up but Mildred and Yoli clearly did mean girl shit and um it both shot them back in the foot I mean at the end of the day I mean I know you all cover reality tv this is my I have a question for y'all um yeah do you feel like recently in reality TV world, like maybe the last five years, um, I feel like back in the day, people used to glamorize and glorify um, assholes on reality TV. Now I feel like it's the other way around. Like everyone, because social media, everyone shits on the mean people now. Yeah, that, That's yeah. my theory. Like, I feel like that happens a lot. It does happen. Yeah. And then I think secretly there's still people who like love them, but you definitely saw that with love is blind. And, uh, what was her name? The one everybody hated Irina. 
Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Right, right. You know? Well, and yeah. I mean, they, like people, people love, love to hate a woman, yeah. too, but she, yes, she obviously has issues, yeah. allegedly. We'll say she'll probably listen to this and then sure. send us a. <laughs> All right, we yeah, have random letter, but we random are, questions. Sorry, about you went the cast. That. Yeah, that's rough. Which is, if you're on an island, you're on a desert island, you're picking one person to go with you to survive. Who are you taking? To survive. Like you guys are going to be alone yeah. in it together. You know, not for friendship reasons, but yeah. for just like, I need you to survive. It's going to be Lexi for sure. Oh. Okay. For sure. Lexi's very competitive. And when she means business, she means business. Like, so she's going to be like, look, I got the fire. I'm going to start the fucking fire, but like, bitch, I will fuck you up if you don't go out there and find the fish. Like I'm telling you right now. And then like, she was like, a firecracker. She'll, yeah, she'll come back and then like, she'll have like a blazing bonfire just to prove <laughs> to that. me that she can start the bonfire. So I'm yeah. like, okay, that's someone I could rely on. That's great. I know right, it was fuck- nice to see her get angry and kind of yes oh it, it act like, human yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was all right fuck mary kill vanessa sam lexi oh god <laughs> like, i mean vanessa's my friend but i would think out of them two i would fuck vanessa okay um lexi's too tall for me and um like she's like 5'10 and mm-hmm. i i like short girls like shorter people um okay and then xander's like just mask and i yeah, I don't know. I just don't like more masculine. Like, you know, yeah. so I guess type wise, yeah. maybe Vanessa. So if I can okay. we might have to be blindfolded and on drugs. Um, but it happens. But uh, good time. But OK, fuck. Um, and then you have two oh, more Mary or kill. Killing Sam. Oh, yeah. So this is uh, Vanessa, Sam and what? Who else? Lexi and Lexi. Lexi. I would marry sorry. Lexi. <laughs> or, sorry, I would marry yeah. Sam. I would marry Sam. OK. And I think I would kill Vanessa. <laughs> OK. Okay. You're wait, so you're fucking and killing the same person? The double No, uh fucking Vanessa. <laughs> okay. Uh <laughs> sorry. This is my question. This is turning out bad. Fucking Vanessa marrying Sam, killing Lexi. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right, good. Um Respectfully, how did you saying. like would love to know? We'll maybe ask, like, I would love to know, are you dating? Are you in a position where you feel ready to date? Like, what's your okay. it sounds like you've done a lot of therapy. How are you feeling now? about yeah yeah um well like first getting out you know after leaving the relationship I thought I was ready for dating within a couple months but then I realized I'm not because I'm still healing from a relationship that I had no idea not romantically healing but narcissistically abusive healing I didn't realize I was projecting that onto my own relationships uh like my new relationships at that point I was like oh I'm not ready um and I had a lot of inner work to do um you know right now I'm dating um but I'll just kind of keep it at that i don't think i'm ready okay. for a whole new uh bust the doors wide open you're not going situation. season two <laughs> yeah yeah exactly like you know I, I think my entire love life uh and the raunchiness of it got busted wide open um yeah. in ways that i think a lot of other reality relationship uh cast members have not i mean if you think about it if you look at all these shows um to actually see an intimate relationship like this and at the reunion bring up like domestic violence emotional abuse and like even her smear campaigns on tiktok afterwards um after the show aired i mean it's just it's nonstop and it's just exhausting but like that took a toll on me of like how yeah like i got 90 percent, 95 percent good feedback but 
I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. So I think I'm just kind of like, right now. Are you, (laughs) are you like popular when you go out? Like, are people approaching you? Like, has that changed in your life? Like, are people coming up a lot? Yeah, definitely. It it will definitely happen. I mean, depending on where I am, right. Um, it'll definitely happen once a day. If I'm in Hillcrest, which is like the neighborhood of San Diego, I mean, it's like every 30 feet, but like, that's great. Um, if I walk into the lesbian bar, which is called gossip grill here, it's every, that's great. I love it. Yeah. I love that. Um, so what's your type? Like it's definitely like feminine. Um, you know, I'm more masculine. So I date more feminine. Um, like longer hair, darker features. Um, but I think like, just like very adventurous, very genuine, but, um, I don't know, just free spirited, I think is where I was. And it's interesting because I look back on Mildred and it's like, physically she matches those, but like emotionally, like not at all. Like it, it's yeah. weird. I think I was just yeah. guilt tripped into like, you, being you deserve like lightness in your next relationship. I hope you get oh. it. Like, fun. Have like you that. ever yeah. dated someone who's more masculine? It seemed like the three, I don't want to say something rude. The three more masculine people on the show seem like the nicest people. And do you think that that would be a good match for you if you force yourself to try it? Okay. (laughs) I got to have the hotness. Yeah. I don't know who would be in the world. We call it tops and bottoms. Like, you know, I just don't even know what i would even do like i would, you know, it's kind of like if I were to have the tops and bottoms, I forget about all that. Right. yeah. Yeah. I would have sex with a man. So I'm a, what's yeah. called a gold star. So I've never had sex with a man ever in my ooh, life. We were going to ask you that. Um, okay. You're a gold star. Ooh, yeah. I touched yeah. the penis one time. It felt like, um, pulling hard bubble gum. It, I, it was weird. I, it was like <laughs> hard, but soft. Penis skin are wild. Did, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's just, you got oh uncircumcised God. and coming out around the corner. It. Yeah. I didn't even know. I didn't look at it. I would never know it was dark um no not the, down that, the dark not the penis was dark it was oh, dark was that outside. the titanic movie uh, it, <laughs> <laughs> um but like i don't even know what to do if i like was how old were you when you first realized mm-hmm. that you liked women and who was your first woman crush on tv or something yeah um so i realized i was i guess i mean i didn't conceptualize it but i looking back on i realized i was attracted to women as early as four years old wow. i was in preschool and I would always play with the boys in preschool. Like we would play like the little shooting games and the cops and robbers and like all of that stuff. And I remember, um, you know, we would, all, all the boys would play a game where we would have just like little handguns and kind of like shoot each other on a battlefield. And I remember uh, purposely getting shot. Um, so I would lay on the ground so I could then call out for the girl nurses to come up to me and give me attention and assess what's going on and kind of like, you know, yeah. like touch my shoulder, like you got shot in the shoulder, like, oh no, like you're like the sandlot. You. But yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly the sandlot. <laughs> and um, you know, with uh with peppercorn. The squints. With yeah, peppercorn. yeah, yeah. And um, and I just remember liking that. Uh so it was kind of like yeah. reversing. That's a good tactic. Why not? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I exactly. Like it was I, everything. I, I know I picked up girls as early as that. Everything's been going downhill ever since. <laughs> so, <laughs> Try it today. Just pass out in the street. You know, you never yeah, know. Right. Come call. Come. Yeah. To you. yeah. So what's next for you? Like, what do you have going on next that you're excited about in your life? Yeah. I mean, for the next um few months, I mean, it's uh, they say it's pride month. It's really pride 
season pride summer, summer. um yeah. yeah so i mean san diego pride's coming up here in five days and i'm hosting events for that i got a lot of stuff coming oh. up for that and then i'm going to do long beach pride and then i'm going to do uh what is it uh palm not palm beach or whatever pride and uh, i just got back from yeah palm springs the denver pride and i have uh going flying out to do um like phoenix pride and wow. you know so cool. and i think maybe awesome pride so it's kind of like we're going like on a lesbian world tour right now yes i love that that's great yeah, yeah. paid to like hook up in events and stuff Hell yeah. Um, but yeah i'm gonna have that in the pipeline um obviously i'm like you know i'm not gonna deny it i'm stepping somewhat into the social media influencing cool. world but i just want to yeah, make sure why not? i'm not gonna sugarcoat the shit and say i'm not doing it I am. I think who wouldn't, right? But um, yeah, why the fuck not? Yeah. But I just want to make sure that what I do is authentic to me. And then because yeah. of the very unique opportunity that I have as far as queer representation in the media and it being reality TV, not just an actor, um, yeah. you know, that plays an imperative role with helping to bridge the gap into normalcy, into how conservative straight people may view mm -hmm. people who are queer and like I you know I'm not left-leaning I'm not right-leaning like I just see people for people and I mm -hmm. think that like at the end of the day there is a lot of like people need to let their guards down and just come to um an understanding and I hope my whatever I do with my life and moving forward as being a public figure I help I hope to like help bridge the gap whether it's through comedy whether it's through you know like um activism whatever it is whatever it looks yeah. like um I just think that me specifically and nine other people well maybe not one of them but uh, eight other yeah. people have this unique opportunity to um be themselves um to the point where other people can feel safe to do so as well and help bridge the gap with uh yeah, just mainstream great. society yeah, yeah. That's nice. what does it mean like for i mean i'm assuming you've gotten a lot of love from the queer community like what do you think the impact of like seeing this show on netflix is like for the community like you mentioned oh yeah i mean i, I think the impact is huge right like this isn't some like yeah. mini docuseries that's on youtube or like something random um right yeah. I mean, this is the king of like reality TV or one of the top dogs of reality TV, which is kinetic content, you know, love is blind, married at first sight. Like, yeah, these are yeah. huge shows and it's on the yeah. largest stream platform. That, yeah. Um, so this wasn't a lesbian show. This was actually a mainstream show who had a successful, you know, uh, season one. Yeah. And, um, and if you think about it, I think it shows that there's not a lot of, not a lot of differences between season one i mean yeah like yeah sure but i just think it helps like for that person that's sitting in um bumfuck alabama that you know just ran you know on their dirt bike through the cornfields and when they go home and take a shower and they're sitting on their couch and mm -hmm. they scroll through and just so happens that ultimate queer love um pops up that they're going to sit down, maybe fetishize lesbianism, but uh, at the same time, sit down and be like, oh, shit, they're not yeah. that much different than, yeah. um, than me and yeah. Betty over here. hundred <laughs> percent. Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I think like so, what we said to you before is like, it also shows, I think it just shows people who are not ignorant or who just might not have the information, how similar, like you said, like all the, all relationships are similar, no matter who's in them, the issues are the same. The communication is the same. I mean, I think the communication was better for you all than the average person, but just like that, they really, you get to see like this shit is the, like, just seen that it's normal and it's the same. And like, I think that exposure is sometimes all it gets, it gets built up for people. And so like, just yeah, simply nice. watching it, like you said. And, and that's with anything. It's not just with queer stuff. I mean, you know, like I mean, no. with anything, 
like well yeah. in the 1930s or something you couldn't even like say that you're pregnant or have like look right. pregnant on tv yeah i mean yeah. so it just it always starts with something pretty Send audacious you to switzerland to have the baby and then you gave it to yeah. Exactly. So I think just, you know, audacious things and movement and changes happen in society yeah. and it usually starts in entertainment. And, yeah. um, you know, that's kind of like a, a monumental, like, uh, how do I say it, like frontier kind of like thing that they're navigating right now. And I hope that more stuff is to come other than just, um, you know, the ultimatum, I'm sure more stuff is going to follow because they saw the success. I mean, yeah, we hit number two in the U S but there were multiple countries in the world where we hit number one. So, wow, um, oh, it didn't hit. No, it, it was a great show. I, I did yeah. enjoy it. Yeah. It was number two in the U S and Netflix. Um, we got beat out by manifest with that, that show manifest or something. Number oh, one, God. but, uh, I mean, we were number one in Canada, number one in Germany. I mean, just all the shows period, not just pure shows, just shows, you know, yeah. um, number yeah. one in Australia. Have you watched yourself in another crazy? language? Like where they dub over your voice? Have you watched yeah, that? So, okay. So it's funny. I've, I've dubbed it over and, um, and it, I think it was the German one. Uh, they made me have an actual, it was a female voice, but they made me have a more androgynous lower voice. Oh, and I really? Was like, oh, I was like, You're sexy. like, it's hot. I like, yeah, I like I how like, I sound. No, 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 no. Like, you know, it was a woman's voice, but it was like a deep, like kind of, oh, you know, good. like that's so fucking cool. Who's the person great. doing the voiceover? Yeah. I yeah, know, right? Right. <laughs> what a job. That well, we so appreciated getting a chance to talk to you and like just hearing more about yeah, your experiences so we we thought you really were so authentic on the show um i appreciate it really excited to you see have a sweet where kindness about your face that you don't find in a lot of reality stars most people That's on tv true. are really dead in the face and you were alive We've yeah. watched so much TV and that's what yeah, I say to Geneva so all the time like people are not alive you're alive and yeah, it, you it's great. nice to see that Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I was alive. I would think it was just because it was a very emotional experience. Yeah. And it, it I, well, I'm alive, but I don't, I feel lots of high ups and high downs. And yeah. um, it was a lot yeah. to unpack during that show, but I just can't be anything other than myself. And uh, yeah. what myself was during that eight week experience was going through all the fucking feels. And I yeah. can't ignore it. Like some other people absolutely. can hold that off right on camera as I can. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. Shout out your socials where everybody can follow you and find you. Yeah. We'd love for um, right now I'm just rocking with basically Instagram and TikTok, which are both uh, tiff.ddr. And great. yeah, that's it. Yeah. Are you going to be on threads next? That's where all the people are going. I am on threads now. I oh, signed yeah, Geneva and I up today. So. Oh, you did? Oh, great. Who uh -huh. knew? Yeah, we're on. We're thread. We're I, I, do you think it's going to, do you think it's going to like take off? I do because it's connected to Instagram so. and it's yeah exactly. the yeah the fact that it's connected to Instagram and yeah. I, that can really help you know if you have like a link in your profile and all that stuff you yeah can exactly start everything more conversations and more dialogue yeah. more this yeah and um that can really help help people like whatever industry they're in like gain customers or followers or viewers and like all that yeah. so and oh, I guess if you want to get rid of it you have to delete your Instagram so they really no oh. I actually found out today today oh it's a lie um, yeah. Today, there is a way that you can do it. You actually click, if you go on your Instagram, you click on the number itself now, that little number. Okay. And it will, it will say, hide it from your Instagram now. So now you can. Oh, oh pro okay. tip. All right. Well, Tiffany, take care. We're going to find you in San Diego. We're going to find you at a bar. You'll see yes, us one day in the wild. Oh, I have a, a minivan, so you'll be like, I don't know who that girl is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gotta, gotta go. Thanks, Tiffany. All we right. really enjoyed speaking to you. Sure, take care. Mm -hmm.